This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hawaii seems like an enchanting place, right? Well, if you were a petite female traveling alone there in the mid-80s, you were at risk of being raped and murdered by the Honolulu Strangler. Today, we'll detail the five known murders of this monster and discuss the ensuing investigation by authorities. We'll talk about an odd decision the lead suspect made, as well as how the authorities came so close to closing the case, but ended up losing it all. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought Hawaii was all luau's, lays, and breathtaking views, stick around. Sometimes it's just breathtaking. Yeah! This is Necronomapod. And we think breaking homicide is a start to answering those calls for help. Now in terms of the Honolulu Strangler, what was it about that case that got you to want to be Well, it's the in? first and I believe only serial homicide case in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, there may have been another one, but this is kind of the first one. It was unsolved, and uh, it affected that community significantly, and it was never solved. Interestingly, it came up on the heels or the time period of the Green River killing case, which was in Seattle or the Pacific Northwest. But, um, you know, paradise, a place that you're supposed to go to to feel safe, and here you have, you know, a number of people that have turned up dead, murdered, and it needed to be answered. We had a listener um, recently uh, share a story with us that they said as long as they re remain anonymous, we can uh, talk about it briefly on air. And I thought it was entertaining enough for us to get into here real quick. Apparently, her cousin was going through a divorce. And after the husband had moved out, it was kind of, I guess, a brutal, you know, nasty divorce. After the husband had moved out, the uh, wife was cleaning out the house and getting rid of stuff and found the husband's sex doll and decided she would sell it on Craigslist. I thought it was pretty interesting. Where was it she hidden? Said, well, I don't know if it was hidden. Like, I think she knew about it. Uh. She just found it and was like, oh, he didn't take this. I'm going to sell it. <laughs> so they got 31 replies on Craigslist <laughs> for a used sex doll. She sent some of the replies. Some of them... Uh, are good some of them just whatever but i found some of these entertaining so let me get into some of these 150 dollars for a sex doll <laughs> one reply would you take 140 <laughs> because <laughs> the ten dollars obviously made the difference <laughs> um another response and i'm reading it as it's written i'm happy if you show your husband my dick will rock you guaranteed <laughs> Another one. If I fuck you really good, do I get the doll for free? <laughs> uh, another one. You can't be serious, LOL. I want this, though. My brother is getting married, and this would be the perfect gag gift. Would you trade for anything? 
man, this would be so great to have him open this thing up in front of everyone. LOL. You just made my day. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Frill, I want this. Hey, will you trade for it? I'll give you a pack of ramen. Uh, another one. If you would take $85, I can pick it up today. Damn. <laughs> Money cash talks. <laughs> another one. I'd like to know how sanitary is this doll. I'd actually like to get it to use as a prank, but you never know. My my buddy might use it, and I don't want him to catch an STD. Just wondering. <laughs> I think like the jizz is still leaking out of it when you bring it home. <laughs> is it going to dishwasher? I'll fold it up. <laughs> oh, God. This might be the best one. Hey, I'm interested. Might seem like an odd request, but could I see her entrances? <laughs> LOL, thanks for your time. <laughs> This guy's asking for a mad shot of a blow-up doll. It's <laughs> quite a story. Um, another one. Sounds good. What is her height? Do you have any other pics of her? Her. Height. Are, <laughs> Not it, Are we her. talking like one of those real doll kind of things? Like the ones that actually look like a real person? Um, I looked at the pictures. It just looked like a, like a blow-up doll. Oh, okay. <laughs> like... Let me see if I can find those it. documentaries it with the real doll, man. Those are wild where they just treat them like their girlfriend in their house. And it's a whole thing. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, I saw it. What was it? I think it was like my strange addiction or one of those. Like yeah, that. yeah. And a guy had one of those. So you take thing, it out to restaurants with them and shit. And people were just looking at him. <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, this looks like. Dave, this looks like more than like the Larry David sex doll from mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Just the, the it looks cheap a blow up bit, one, yeah. Yeah, this is more better than that. I'm, I'm um, sending you guys the actual Craigslist ad right now, so you guys can see. But like, still, that's like, who wants pictures of her holes? Come on, pal. Oh, oh yeah, that chick's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's gonna, Dave's gonna <laughs> respond. Those green eyes. Okay, yeah, that's like a real doll. Yeah, yeah. That's just not like a blow-up doll. She's got like cellulite. Like actual... It looks real. It's <laughs> <laughs> a real person. Holes what, is holes, you, right, would... Mike? Holes is holes? <laughs> hey, I'm not going to ask for pictures of them, but still. <laughs> What's Have you guys heard, ever heard of anything weird being sold online? Like through like, like Reddit? Like, Ian, I know you're on Reddit a lot. You see weird shit. Craigslist. Have you guys ever had any stories of seeing anything fucking weird like people selling kidneys or something not that i can mm. think of i will say the eyes on this thing look fucking creepy mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are studying this picture real good <laughs> dave you think we can get the uh the sex toy company to make like a casey anthony blow-up doll oh, oh jesus well if you got enough cash sure you can man oh, thinking 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 <laughs> <laughs> You get one of those like drawstrings in the in her back, and you pull it, and it goes, "Not guilty, not guilty." <laughs> <laughs> and like the head like bobs up and down, like so it's like sucking you off while it's saying that. <laughs> or what's that? What's that uh, meme you always played or post, Dave? Where it's like, at first I was like this, and then I was like this, but then I was like this. That's a great. With, like her that's face smiling. <laughs> Maybe that's that. Like her face moves into all those positions. <laughs> so I don't know. Would you guys ever buy anything like that off like Craigslist? Like anything like other than like furniture? Would you buy anything off Craigslist? I guess is what I'm asking. Not a used uh, no, fuck I would not. doll. I don't. I don't, <laughs> well, I don't trust Cra- Craigslist at all. No, it's sure. all about those Facebook marketplaces these days. I think I've bought stuff something off of Craigslist. It just I, nothing comes to mind though. 
It's been a long time. Like video games or video games eh, or something I mean, back in the day. Significant, yeah. Yeah. We should note too, um, off the top of the show, we all are um, recording from our separate locations today. So we are doing this just via audio. Um, so if we talk over each other during uh, today's episode, we apologize. But, you know, we're living in a fucking pandemic. So deal with it. <laughs> got, our, <laughs> um, got our stay at home orders today. We did. Yeah. Local stay at home orders. Yeah. So. Anyway, so we do apologize if we talk over each other. We, we, we'll try not to, and we'll try to clean it up in editing. But, you know, sometimes our jokes are just too good. And even if there's someone talking over it, you got to keep it in. <laughs> Can't take out a joke. I, I would like to thank um, all the fans this week who let us know that Olivia Wilde is once again on the market as she announced her uh, the end of her engagement to Mr. Jason Sudeikis. So thank you for that all information. Fans, Hopefully we can by all the get fans, on the show. Mean, you mean all 13,000 people that messaged us the breakup of uh, uh, Olivia Wilde yeah, the, and Jason Sudeikis? Like, Blumpkin alert, Blumpkin alert. <laughs> bloop, 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 bloop. That's what was going off in everyone's mind when uh, yeah. they saw that post. She's available. I don't know, Dave. You got a chance. This is your time. I'm going to give her a call this week. All right. See if she wants to come on the show. Sure. I'm trying. Maybe she can be in studio when we have Casey Anthony in studio. Like, she can help us interview her. You think so? I don't know. I'm just, you know, really, I just want you distracted so that I can have Casey for myself. <laughs> so if Olivia's here, then I got you out of the way, and I don't have to, like, share. Smart. That's where my mind went. So, anyways. Okay. Well, I thought that was fun with Craigslist. I do have another question for you guys here. Given the, the theme of today's show uh, is, you know, surrounded around Hawaii. What is one state that you have not yet been to that you most want to go visit? Maine. God damn it. You stole my answer. Did I? I'm sorry. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I've never been to Maine. I think Maine would be fantastic. Yeah. Really cool. I also, my second choice would probably be Hawaii. Have you been to Hawaii, Dave? I've never been to Hawaii. No? Would that even make your top three? Uh, I'd like to go to Hawaii. I, I, Hawaii is my number two. I almost picked it first, but I think I'd like to go to Maine. I'm more of that cold weather type or like going in the fall where it's just getting chilly. Oh, yeah. Give me that. Yeah. Me too. But Hawaii would also, you know, Hawaii looks looks gorgeous. Ian, what about you? Uh, I guess California. Yeah. I'd like to, I, I, I'd like to go back there. I've been there before, so I couldn't answer it. But yeah, I think California is awesome. I got to make a list of all the states I've been to. And see, because I have not kept track of that track of that, but I'd like to know. What do you estimate, Dave? How many states you've been to? Um, I would I would argue that even like a layover in an airport would count because technically you've been in that state. Really? Well, some people would say no. You have to like see the state or visit or vacation or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Thirty seven, thirty eight. So you're getting close. There's not too is many. New England the one like area that you haven't been? Yeah, I haven't been too far up in New England. I was born in Massachusetts, though. I just never been, oh, that's been right. back. I always forget that. That's right. That's why you're a big Tom Brady fan. I get it now. That is uh, <laughs> not correct. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's me. Oops. <laughs> never mind. I like winners. What do you want from me? So, all right. Well, we have a little bit of a, a Different story here today. This one's uh, interesting. I had never heard of this uh, story, really. It's kind of, you know, not on the tip of your tongue. Yeah, no. This is, uh, I think we were looking through the list one day, trying to find something different to uh, to put on the schedule. And we saw this and we're, 
We're like, well, let's dive into it. And none of us, and I think even including Ian, had much information about it. But it's a uh, pretty interesting story. Take it away, Ian. So tonight we are going to be talking about the Honolulu Strangler. Is that Honolulu, Hawaii? It is. Oh, okay. It's clarifying there. <laughs> so I, I think to start this off, I think geography probably plays a big part in this story. Being, you know, it's it's Hawaii. It's way out in the Pacific Ocean. There's also a large military presence here, like 8 to 10% of the total population. So you get that kind of transient population of people coming and going along with Hawaii being the, it used to be number one, it's now number two in homelessness in the whole country. So I think those that, that all come together for being uh, in play here as far as the ease of, I don't know, the ease of being a serial killer moving around anonymously, I guess you could say. Wow, there's Dave, uh, you know, thinking he's smarter than he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just trying to set the stage here for the, uh, you know, logistics. That's interesting about the homeless population. I never knew that. I guess if you want to be homeless anywhere, it would be in Hawaii, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it doesn't sound like the worst place in the world to be homeless, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're not freezing at night, right? Yeah. I just sprayed my fucking beer all over my microphone. <laughs> so getting into the story of the Honolulu Strangler, the first recorded victim was 25-year-old Vicki Gale Purdy, by all accounts, Vicky was a gorgeous blonde who lived in Miliani with her husband, Gary Purdy. Gary was stationed in Hawaii as a helicopter pilot for the U.S. Army. As for Vicky, she worked at the Wahiawa Video Rental Store. Although she was small and petite, Gary and Vicky's friends all told police that Vicky could hold her own. She was very street smart and strong for her size. In other words, she could beat Mike's ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's, we'll see about that. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good after my beatdown of Keith Raniere last week. So. Is, that, is that right? Vicky wants to step up, then let's go. I'll throw hands. She would beat my ass, I'm sure. Of it. <laughs> Correct. But you know who wouldn't, Dave? Angela Hill. Step up. <laughs> oh, God. oh, boy. <laughs> I apologize, Miss Hill. I would never uh, mean to disrespect you. That would be over before it started. <laughs> Vicky was known to go to nightclubs with her friends and without her husband. And... Oh. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was uh I don't know, it's from from what I read some of the old newspaper articles and stuff that he was just it wasn't anything like a big deal. Like he he wasn't a controlling guy or anything. He was like, "Yeah, go out with your friends, whatever. I don't give a shit." You know. Sure. Just not a big deal. Well, as most most normal people are. Correct. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On the night of her murder, Gary expected his wife to come home before 9 p.m. after dancing at a nightclub in Waikiki. When Vicky failed to come home that night, Gary started to use every method of communication he could think of to figure out where Vicky was. He, uh, I, I was watching a couple documentaries, too. He said he was paging her all night. You guys remember pagers? Did you see pagers? No. <laughs> I mean, I remember them. I never had one. Yeah, I didn't. I always wanted one, but I was my mom would never buy me one, so... I had a pager. Yeah. No. That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had told you, I don't know if I talked about this on the air, but I started uh, watching the, I had never seen the West Wing. So I started watching the entire series from the beginning and it was a bit of a culture shock when like, cause I mean, 
I, I you that that show came out a long time ago, but you don't realize that show came out like over twenty years ago. So like the first season, they're all using pagers yeah. and they have box TVs and like these big ass printers and fax like fax machines were like high tech things. So it was a bit of a culture shock shock uh, watching that on the yeah, West Wing for sure. Great show though, a fantastic show, fantastic. I don't know why people didn't pick this instead of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was good. This is fantastic. <laughs> Just saying. My opinion, but I like the politics stuff. Sure. The next day, Gary found Vicky's car in the parking lot of the Shorebird Hotel. A local cab driver told police that he had dropped Vicky off at the hotel sometime around midnight, presumably to pick up her car. Vicky's body was found on the morning of May 30th, 1985, on an embankment near the Kihai Lagoon Park. She was still wearing her yellow jumpsuit from the night she went missing. However, she was nude from the waist down. Vicky's killer had bound her hands behind her back with parachute cord, raped her, and then strangled her. Jeez. Mike, if you'll allow me to interject, I'd just like to point out that that lagoon's not too far from Pearl Harbor, just to put some uh, geographical context into the story, <laughs> if, uh, if I'm not being Whoa. too much of a smarty pants for you. Wow. Thank you, Professor Dave. <laughs> I appreciate that lesson you gave us for free. <laughs> Next time, send us a bill, please. <laughs> I also can't help but think of Uma Thurman and Kill Bill when they talk about yellow jumpsuits. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even think of that. Now I am. Now you can't f- not think of it. Right, exactly. One of the first angles pursued by investigators concerning Vicky's murder was the Waiheawa video rental store she worked at. Gary Purdy had for a long time been uncomfortable with where Vicky worked. The store was known to sell pornographic films, had a bad reputation locally and was known to have really shady people hanging around mm. did you say they sold pornographic films yes mm. do, do you know if they sold beverly hills 9021 ho <laughs> <laughs> or the gang bangs of new york <laughs> or school of cock <laughs> Or <laughs> these are all real? Yeah, I just looked the up movies, the, best, I the best porn titles of all time. I'm like, these are funny. <laughs> Goodwill Humping. <laughs> Ocean's oh 11 Inches. <laughs> Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> it's Saturday Night Beaver, actually. Saturday Night Beaver. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I ruined the joke. I was just trying to think of a real show that could work. Oh, man. Romancing the Bone. That's a classic. <laughs> Titanic Dick. <laughs> <laughs> the bad reputation of the Wahiawa video rental store was completely justified. The store had already seen violence against women in the past. In December of 1984, two women, a worker and the co-worker of the store, were stabbed to death. Yeah, I'm with Gary. I don't think I want my wife working there. Right. <laughs> I agree. It's pretty shitty. Given the sexual nature of the crime, Honolulu detectives theorized that maybe a customer of the video rental store had stalked and then attacked Vicky. The Honolulu Strangler's next victim was a high school student, 17-year-old Regina Sakamoto. Regina was small and petite like Vicky, standing 4'11 and 105 pounds. Regina was also someone who moved to Hawaii, being born in Kansas. Regina's Japanese last name came from her stepfather, who was a military serviceman named Marie Sakamoto. 
by all accounts, Regina was a shy, quiet girl who planned on attending the university in Hawaii in the fall. So he went seven months from the first murder. It's a long time. Yeah. Well, at least the known murders, right? These are just the ones we know of. Well, sure. I guess you can always say that. Yeah. All right. But I mean, between the first confirmed and the second confirmed, it seems to be quite a while, yeah, seven right. months. I think that's that's pretty common for for most of these guys. They do that. They get their first one in, and that that thrill of it lasts for a good amount of time. Mm-hmm. Or kind of they're like, I got it out of my system now. I won't ever have to do this again. This is good enough. Right. Yeah. yeah, and then they get more and more comfortable with it and start seeking that feeling more. Regina was last heard from on January 14th, 1986, at about 7.15 a.m., During a brief phone conversation with her boyfriend, Regina said that she would be late and would not catch her usual bus. The following day, on January 15th, Regina's body was found near Kihai Lagoon Park. She was wearing a blue tank top and white sweatshirt, but her lower body was unclothed. Investigators discovered Regina had been raped and strangled just like Vicki Purdy. Also like Vicki, Regina's killer had bound her hands behind her back with parachute cord. Is the parachute cord a potential clue here? I think it's going to link all all of these together. At least these first two, you know, you have partially nude from the waist. You know, they're nude from the waist down and parachute cord. So, I, you know, we're going to look, we're going to get into it here in a minute. Police pretty much immediately are like, yeah, this has got to be the same person. Yeah. Dumped in the same lagoon, too. Right. Is it possibly D.B. Cooper who parachuted off course from Oregon? <laughs> cut off his parachute and use it to start killing people thus far i think that's the most likely answer (laughs) it's a leading contender in my book mike i keep looking up over there and you're not sitting there and i go oh mike must be still in the bathroom why are we recording (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) oh so such an empty sad chair The discovery of Regina's murder convinced homicide detectives in Honolulu that the same person was responsible for both Vicky and Regina's murders. Both of them had been raped and strangled, but more specific, both had their hands bound behind their back with the same parachute cord, and both had been strangled after they were bound. I tell you what, it's a lot quicker than a lot of places with serial killers being, you know, the police and or mayor, whoever being, you know, allowed to admit that they have a serial killer on their hands, you know where they stonewall and sandbag and everything and don't want to admit that that's what's taking place. We've seen that before. Yeah, usually we're somewhere between five and ten victims in sometimes yeah, before they yeah. acknowledge that fact. Right. There was also the importance of the Kihai Lagoon Park where they were both found. The lagoon has easy access to the Pacific Ocean and is scattered with tiny islands. Also back in the 1980s, Kihai Lagoon Park was very secluded. Mike, did we mention that Honolulu's on the island of Oahu, just for geographic purposes? <laughs> Geographical Dave, is this, purposes? Uh, professor, is, <laughs> professor, will this be on the final? Mike, did you know the state capital of uh, Hawaii is Honolulu? I, just want, I didn't know if you were aware of that. Hold on, taking notes. Please slow down, <laughs> Professor. This is too much at one time. <laughs> Two weeks after Regina Sakamoto disappeared, 21-year-old Denise Hughes, a native of Washington State, failed to show up for work at her job as a secretary for a telephone company. Like Regina, Denise used Honolulu's bus system to get around, and it's likely that Denise met her killer on one of those buses. Three fishermen found Denise's body on February 1st, 1986. 
Rather than the Kihai Lagoon Park, Denise's killer had left her body near the Mona Luha stream. Aside from her body being found in a different area, her body had been wrapped in a blue tarp. Her body was partially clothed like the other victims, and she was still wearing the blue dress she had been last seen in, but missing her underwear. Have you guys ever found a dead body? Uh, no. Seems like it'd be pretty, tra- <laughs> be pretty traumatic, wouldn't it? I would imagine so. I would think That'd so. That'd be a bit of a, of a shock. Like, I, I've thought about before, I know people who have been in, like, or have witnessed car accidents and then, like, go to, like, help the situation and, like, get to the car and, like, the person is clearly dead. Mm. I don't think I'd be able to, like, I don't, not that I wouldn't, I don't know how I would handle that, let alone, like, walking through the woods and seeing, like, a decayed body, like, just laying there. Right. You know what I mean? Like, both would be horrible. I don't know how I would react to either. It'd be like Stand By Me. I mean, it's like a buddy film and, you know. <laughs> yeah. Another Corey Feldman movie. Yeah, coming of age stuff. <laughs> if there's one thing to be learned from Necronomapod, it's that Corey Feldman has never made a bad movie. <laughs> and that's according to Ian, not me and not Dave. Even that one movie. I will not stand by that. <laughs> By the time Denise's body was found, it was badly decomposed, but homicide investigators were were able to determine that her hands had been bound with parachute cord prior to death and she had been strangled. Following the discovery of Denise's body, the Honolulu Police Department, then headed by Major Chester Hughes, which he is not related to Denise Hughes, decided to reach out to the FBI for assistance because he... 100% 100% knew that they were now dealing with a serial killer. Which is kind of in the heyday of uh, Douglas and Wrestler, right? Back in the early 80s. Yeah, and like you were saying, Dave, like they were on top of this right away. And this is extremely rare for law enforcement as far as serial killers are concerned. You know, immediately after the third victim's found, this guy's contacting the FBI for help. Yeah, it's an example of good police work. See that? Look at We play all sides. And that rarely happens in these stories. Along with the FBI, the Honolulu Police Department was assisted by the Green River Task Force from the King County Sheriff's Department in Washington State. In the early 1980s, the King County Sheriff's Office formed the Green River Task Force to investigate Gary Ridgway's murders. The task force members included Robert Keppel and Dave Reichert, who periodically interviewed Ted Bundy in 1984. Bundy offered his opinions on the psychology, motivation, and behavior of the killer, who would later be determined to be Gary Ridgway. And uh, Ted Bundy was pretty much spot on with with Gary Ridgway's behavior. Behavior. Gary Ridge, Ridgway available in the archives. Gary Ridgway too dumb to find his way to even make it to Hawaii. So clearly not him. <laughs> like I had like a seventy-seven <laughs> IQ, right? <laughs> We could probably cross him off the list of suspects, yes. <laughs> well, and Mike, being the Ted Bundy expert, you know all about his analysis of the, the Ridgeway crimes. And uh, was he actually spot on, like Ian suggests? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I mean, come on. Ted Bundy was really good with the, with what he gave the FBI on, uh, you know, in, in profiling this guy. But, I, you know, I wasn't going to get into that now. We'll save that for the okay. 15-part <laughs> yeah. Ted Bundy series I'm working on. It's fair enough. Fair enough. There's some uh, some classic jokes in that Gary Ridgway episode back in the archives. <laughs> <laughs> there might be. Guess you have to go back and download it and listen to it and uh, find out for yourself. Mm. 
Wasn't Gary the guy that took his uh, little toddler along with him when he uh, killed and banged and killed hookers in the car? He did. He took his son on on a camping trip, and he yeah. had two two women in the trunk. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> and he would all yeah he would also pick up uh, sex workers with his son in the car, kind of like a a thing to ease the those women that he wasn't a creep. Yeah, look, and I would argue that you're more of a creep if you have your kid with yeah. you. <laughs> well, obviously. Is it wrong to get blown in the front seat with your toddler looking at you from the back seat? I, I think I, I, I think it so. is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's great. <laughs> was was Ridgeway the one who like did he like to bury them like where they banged, or am I mixing that up? Yeah, with and he would go back too. He would take his wife back to those sites in to he where would, he buried people, right, and have sex with his wife on top of those gotcha. graves. That's what it was. It wasn't bang, then kill and bury. It was kill and bury, and then bang on top of the grave. Yeah, he's something else. That's wild, man. Oof. We get into a whole lot of detail on that on the Gary Ridgeway episode. Go back and listen to it. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The pool of potential suspects was very large for investigators. By 1986, Oahu was the center of a telecommunications boom that had attracted thousands of workers from outside. Hawaii was also home to a huge military population with Army, Navy, and Marine Corps installations all over. Also between 1985 and 1986, 10.5 million people visited Hawaii as tourists. And then you brought up earlier the fact about the homeless thing so this guy could be anybody yeah yeah military homeless visitors i mean it's a transient population with the help of the fbi and the green river task force a profile of the honolulu strangler was created and major chester hughes started a 27 person task force to work on the case around the clock according to the profile the killer was an opportunist and quote smooth talker who attacked women who frequented vulnerable spots like bus stops. The Ian, killer... I think you meant smooth criminal, and it clearly shows you haven't watched Squared One, so <laughs> I think you need to step up your game. <laughs> the, the killer did not stalk his victims before killing them, and given the location of the dump sites, investigators theorized that he lived somewhere near Wahipahu or Sand Island. Say, What do we think this guy's M.O. is? Uh... Like pull a gun and then force to the hands behind the back kind of thing. It seems yeah. like it. I don't. I from anything that I read, there wasn't any information about any wounds on these women, like any blunt force trauma or anything like that. It was just sexual assault, and then they so were could strangled. Have been, could have been a gun. Could have been a knife. Could have mm. been something like that. At the same time, too, like. It seems like, you know, he's targeting these small, petite women. Maybe he didn't even have a weapon. You know, maybe he just, you know, smooth-talked his way to get their trust and then just, you know, physically intimidated them and coerced them into, you know, whatever positions he needed. Yeah. I was just thinking it's it's hard to 
force someone to put their hands behind the back and tie them up. Right, yeah. Not from experience, I'm speaking just <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> Lest anyone believe I was speaking from experience. I like the longer that Ian and I don't say anything, the more Dave's just like <laughs> thinking. He's like, wait a minute, i got to change this. <laughs> On March 26, 1986, 25-year-old Luis Medeiros boarded a red-eye flight to Oahu. From there, Luis told her family she planned to take a bus to Waipau in order to meet them following the death of their mother. Luis was last seen leaving the plane after it landed in Honolulu. Luis's body was found by construction workers on April 2nd near the Waikiki stream. Like the other victims, Luis was found partially clothed nude from the waist down. She also had her hands tied behind her back with parachute cord and had been sexually assaulted and strangled. It also became clear to investigators that the killer liked out-of-town victims or those with limited connections to Hawaii, and their suspect had a vasectomy. Semen samples from each of the murders was able to show that whoever did this had a vasectomy. Mike, you're shitting blanks now. Does that cause any kind of rage or... uh... Thirst for murder or anything? <laughs> now, that, now that you're half a man, does that affect you at all like that? Well, Dave, first of all, I'm going to say no, because one, it doesn't. Two, if it did, I'm not going to blow my cover by telling you that I have rage issues and I okay. kill people. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be known that if I am going to go on a uh, vasectomy serial killing spree, I'm not going to kill women. I'm going to kill men, just because I feel like the women always end up getting killed. Um and I'm going to be called the, you know, I don't know, the Snip Snip Killer. <laughs> That's what I want my name to be, the Snip Snip Killer. I like it. And I'm going to kill men who haven't been, uh, I don't know, what's the word, vasectomized? I'm making that a word if it's not. I'm going to kill men who haven't been vasectomized uh, out of jealousy that they're still firing off live rounds. That they're still full men, if you will. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> wow. Wow. That they could actually impregnate a woman like God intended their penis to do. (laughs) Are you even able to make a vagina get wet anymore once you've been vasectomized? Dave, wet vaginas is a myth. We've busted that multiple times. There's no such thing as a wet vagina. The female orgasm is about as real as the Yeti. They don't exist. Like, you're like a freaking treasure hunter like that people laugh at if you're out there looking for a female orgasm, okay? Is that right? Stop, stop now. <laughs> you're embarrassing yourself. Just go along with your life. <laughs> There's no female orgasm. So the G-spot stands for get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how I know it, right? <laughs> I mean, G-spot's just a made-up name that all those hip-hop rappers wanted to come up with something cool. Oh, so they said G-spot. <laughs> I mean, there's no such thing as a G-spot or a clit or a female orgasm. It's all, all those hip hop rappers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I mean, there's, there's proof and thousands of years of evidence on my side. So I'm just saying, you fools out there still chasing that. Get a grip, man. Come back to reality. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's move on. Dave's like, I rest my case. (laughs) The prosecution rests. (laughs) So in an attempt to catch the killer, police began sending their female officers undercover to the Honolulu International Airport and to Kihai Lagoon Park. But this would end up turning up nothing. 
The fifth and last known victim of the Honolulu Strangler was Linda Pesci, age 36. According to her roommate, she left home on the morning of April 29th and was expected to be home late that evening due to a pre-scheduled work meeting. The next morning, after being told that Linda had not shown up for work and that her car was parked on the side of the Nimitz H1 viaduct, her roommate reported her missing. A man named Howard Gay Dutcher told police that a psychic told him that a body could be located at Sand Island. On May 3rd, he took police to an exact location, only to find nothing there. Police then searched the entire island and, coincidentally, found Linda's body. <laughs> mm. She was nude. This time, she this was the first victim that's completely nude. So she was nude, her hands bound behind her back with parachute cord, sexually assaulted, and strangled to death. A psychic, huh? Yeah, psychic told this guy that there was a body on Sand Island, one of the islands that they were investigators were already thinking about. Hmm. I liked it the way Ian wrote this uh, outline too, because I read this paragraph and was like, "What the fuck? Like, look at this guy!" And then two paragraphs later, Ian's like, "Oh, so police had this guy as a suspect?" Because <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, is someone not going to go after the fucking psychic who just told them where the body was?" <laughs> it's a little suspicious. Pretty, pretty, pretty suspicious. Mike, what's more real, hypnosis or psychics? Both are more real than the clitoris or the female <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> because oh boy. hypnosis is a pseudoscience, which I just think means like the kooky people believe in it. So I'll, uh, mm. hypnosis. I'm going to say hypnosis, I believe more than uh, psychics. Okay, me too. Yeah. But at the very bottom of that list is is, you know, female sexual organs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, duly duly noted. Do we do we need to get into psychics? Is that going to be a conversation we need to have? Like, come I mean, that, that's bullshit, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Okay, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, 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 we're on the same page. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know if like Miss Cleo or someone was going to walk in and tell us we're wrong or something. <laughs> Also, uh, um, what is it with the um, uh, astrology? Yeah, like your sign. Yeah, what, I mean, what are our thoughts on that? That's bullshit, right? Like it's all weird. Well, it is to me. I don't. Okay, <laughs> just making sure we're on the same page. I, I, I can't get into astrology either. I know people get into that. It's just I, I don't, I don't get it. it. Makes no sense. I would believe in that more than I would believe in a psychic. I would say. I agree with that, but I, I don't think that's saying much. <laughs> you guys ever see that video on uh, from back in the day when Montel had that had his daytime talk show, and he had that one psychic that was always on. I can't remember her name. That's the uh, the Sylvia Brown lady that was on Montel. I remember. Yep. She uh, she also told Amanda Berry told Amanda Berry's mother that Amanda was dead. I recall. That, uh, I'm not sure what I'm more disappointed in right now. The fact that Ian watches so much daytime television that he knew the Mon specific Montel show with a psychic on it, or the fact that Dave actually knew the answer to that <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm extremely disappointed right now in uh, both of you. I think it's been fairly documented, maybe more on Patreon than on regular shows, but that I like my like daytime talk shows. I like, uh, I like Maury, uh, 
I think well, I think it's well documented that Ian is a huge Steve Harvey fan. Steve Harvey has a good talk show too that he used to <laughs> that he used to do a daytime one. It's got some good stuff on it. If you want to see Ian laugh his ass off, you watch Steve Harvey like best moments on Family Feud. Is it Family Feud? Yeah. No, what's the show? Right, yeah, no, Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the funniest thing just watching Ian watch Steve Harvey on that. Steve Harvey's face is hilarious, and Ian gets so into it. <laughs> Loves this man, worships this man. It is so funny. <laughs> there was a new one that popped up on my Facebook the other day, and I ended up sitting there for 15 minutes watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, people make some great clips of that shit, like the best of for him. That show is funny. And Dave, you said, speaking of Amanda Berry, that's the uh, Hometown Heroes uh, case with Ariel Castro, where he kept those... What, the three girls kidnapped for how many years? Like 15 years or something like that? 10 years, I believe. 10 years? At least 10. I'm not sure. So we we are local, so we know that that story was huge. Nationally, do people know that story? Like, I know when they found the girls, it was breaking news on, like, CNN and MSNBC and Fox and all that. But, like, do people actually know that story, or is that just big because it's local? No, I think people know that. Do they? I, I well, think I'm under that impression. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were all on the on the talk shows and they wrote books and it's a crazy story. And, you know, but we'll cover that at some point here because that's very interesting and, you know, obviously close to us. And also, you guys enjoy Steve Harvey. I, I uh, follow Steve's daughter, Lori Harvey, on Instagram, and she is <laughs> mighty cute. <laughs> <laughs> mighty cute. Just throw, throwing that out there. Steve Harvey, hometown hero. Absolutely, yep. Cleveland guy. So following Linda's murder, police began setting up roadblocks all over the city. The goal of these roadblocks was to stop and question people about the murders. One of the people questioned at a roadblock said they saw a white or mixed-raced man driving Linda's car, but this turned up to be a false lead. Also, a $25,000 reward for information was put out by local businesses in the area. Now, even though they had these these roadblocks set up, they had a prime suspect in their mind, and that was Howard Gay Dutcher. Because, I mean, this guy who that, inserts Ian, that's themselves out of into a case. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, who inserts themselves in a case like this? It's yeah. ridiculous. Did the psychic let him know that it might not be a good idea to to do this to to go to the cops? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, like, was this one of those guys that, like, liked the attention or wanted the attention and he just went about getting it in a terrible way? You know, like, we would hear, like, I forget what story it was, but, like, the one guy would, would like, kill someone and then hide and watch people find the bodies. Mm. Remember that? Like, who? What, Peter Curtin. Who, which, Peter, Peter Curtin. That's right. Um, like, maybe this was the guy, like, who he, like, got off on being noti- noticed for this or getting attention. And so... He wanted to get involved, but just went about it in a really shitty way. I mean, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. I think that's potential. He wanted to be directly involved in in all of this. Like, I don't know, kind of how Ed Kemper liked to hang around the cops, kind of wanted to insert himself into the situation. Yeah, just, yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe it was a thrill for him to be like, oh, I'm involved in the investigation of something that I caused. Yeah, kind of, I'll, you know, know, I'll I'll lead him almost there, but not really. So I'll kind of hang out on the periphery here, but they won't really suspect me because I'm kind of kooky. And yeah, I think so. 
Aside from leading police pretty much directly to Linda's body, Howard Gay Dutcher quickly became the prime suspect after clues started to add up. Dutcher's ex-wife told police that he, and this was her words, he was a, quote, smooth talker. (laughs) And said said that he was into sexual bondage, including the fact that he often had sex with her after tying her hands behind her back. Dutcher lived in Ewa Beach and worked as a mechanic at one of the air freight carriers along Lagoon Drive near the park area. Aside from the similarities to the killer's profile, Dutcher's ex-wife also stated that each of the murders followed arguments between the two of them. On the dates of those arguments, Dutcher had left after an argument and not returned until the next morning. Adding to this, his ex-wife informed investigators that Dutcher had a vasectomy. A lot of circumstantial evidence piling up here. Hmm. I mean, and I don't want to kink shame the guy because there's nothing wrong with bondage play and tying your wife up and that kind of stuff. But a lot of evidence seems to be stacking up against this guy. Also, as long as she's into it as well. Well, sure. If she's not into it, then I'm going to kink shame you. (laughs) Because then you're just raping people and that's not okay. Sure. It's more than a kink at that point. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the the two glaring things here are obviously the vasectomy. But that he also worked close to the to the park area yeah. off of Lagoon Drive there, where you know a couple of these bodies were found. Yeah, knew the area well. And, and also, he engaged the police and led them to the island where the body was. So I, I think <laughs> yeah. that's a major. Also, that this fucking dumbass. We talk about Gary Ridge. Maybe Gary Ridgeway could have done this, Dave. I mean, if this guy's Maybe fucking so. done. Like this guy's about as smart as Forrest Gump already. This guy. Wow. <laughs> one of the greatest movies of all time. Oh, and and one best picture, Dave. It beat Shawshank and Pulp Fiction. Just saying. Well, it's a crime, Mike. It's a crime. If only you can be arrested for being awesome. <laughs> Police arrested Dutcher on May 9th, but released him due to insufficient evidence because it was largely just circumstantial, even though he failed a polygraph test. Like, he agreed to a polygraph test failed it and that that makes sense because these guys are usually pretty bold and arrogant he failed it but everything was circumstantial they didn't have anything to hold him on so they had to let him go people get convicted all the time circumstantial cases yeah i you know there's so much circumstantial evidence in this i was when i was reading this i was like why didn't they just come up with something to slap on this guy and just to hold him for a bit Something I mean, usually, yeah. Usually, that's a a tactic is just put him put a little charge on him for mm-hmm. something. I'm sure Dave has thoughts on that <laughs> <laughs> on ridiculous charges I mean, just to hold someone for something else. Yeah, yeah well, not, I don't know. Well, yeah, not really. Just police work, Dave. Police work depends on the situation, Mike. Casey Anthony was arrested on circumstantial evidence, and look how that turned out. Uh, I'm not even getting into it. We've already done this in our private lives, drinking, sitting around. <laughs> it turned out not guilty and still smoking hot. That's how it turned out. Not guilty. God damn, Dave. Spoiler alert. Now no one's looking to listen to the episode. <laughs> they don't want to hear you and I actually jerk off on air. That would be interesting. How's that go, Dave? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Two months later, a witness came forward who had last seen 
Linda Pesci with the killer. During a lineup that included Dutcher, the witness successfully identified him as the man she saw with Linda just before her assault and murder. All right, well, that must be the end of the story, then. There's probably a conviction coming right after this, and that's the end of the story. I mean, it's it's all piled up now. It's 100% clear. That's exactly right, Dave. We'll see you guys next week. Well, the woman ended up refusing to testify or further cooperate, telling police that Dutcher had seen her on April 29th as well. Fearing for her own safety, the witness who could have brought this case to a close backed out and refused to cooperate. The killings just abruptly stopped after Dutcher moved to the mainland, and no killings or rape have been linked to the Honolulu Strangler since. Dutcher died in 2012 at the age of 78, but the case is still considered open. No fucking way. An interesting thing that I was, because when I was reading some of this stuff, I'm like, well, they have all the they knew he had a vasectomy so there's obviously you know a bunch of rape kits there's five rape kits out there they could have done some dna work with this and unfortunately this is a case of when they go through evidence you know they need to make room for evidence and stuff uh rape, you know a lot of times rape kits get thrown out and the the rape kits in this case were thrown away so wow. no dna to go off of wow hot damn that's awful is this kind of a, a situation where the case is technically open, but really the whole police department and everyone else in, in Honolulu believes this is the guy? Like, is that what we're dealing I, with? I would think so. Mm. And, and I tried to look up, you know, where this guy moved to and if there were any other murders wherever he lived after this. Because it, it would be really odd for someone a serial killer to kill this much you know this rapidly mm. you know five victims pretty quick here and then just stop but i couldn't find where he moved to or really anything about his life the only thing i could find was an obituary from when he died in 2012 and that obituary was from honolulu so at some point he moved back to honolulu the obituary had no real information and it didn't give any family members or, you know, like any surviving children or anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I think this guy's probably, uh, I think that's probably the guy. It, it's a, it's a really weird story because it's like, they were so on top of it. It was like, they, the police very rare, you know, they had this whole task force set up almost immediately and then just bumbled it to the point where, I mean, in my opinion, this was the guy, and they let him go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think so, too. And then to never pursue him after he moved seemed odd. They had to have known it was him. Right, or to give a heads up to cops wherever, you know, whatever place he ended up going to on the mainland. It's a very interesting case. This one's a... I don't know. This one just feels different than all the other ones we've covered. Like, it's just very, like, for a serial killer, he only killed that we know of five people, all within, what, a year and a half, two years. The cops were on him. They, they brought in all the big guns. They investigated. They had an awesome opening when this guy fucking was like, oh, I know where the body is. And then, like, just as it was gaining all this momentum, it all just, like, went away. And that was the end of it. Mm. If that woman would have tested when cooperated i think they would have 100 percent been able to do more and i think that's probably that's probably the biggest wrench in this 
is, you know, she picked him out of a lineup. If if she would have cooperated with that, they probably would have been able to to file some charges against him. Yeah. What do we make about that? Is that her just getting cold, like legitimate cold feet? Do you think someone got to her? Like why why get so scared and back down at that point after you've already been through a little bit of it and identified him? It's a scary thing. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just just kind of thinking out loud. Like why? You know, I wonder what the, her reasoning was. It's a great question. Yeah. I don't think it's don't easy know. to face a killer in open court like that. So, yeah, I get it. Probably not. Yeah, because then you're you're thinking like, oh, well, what if he gets off? Well, what if he's, yeah. you know, what if he gets free? Now now I'm first on his hit list. Sure. My I test, get that. Yeah, my testifying is not a, a, a lock for him being convicted and going away forever. He might be out you know, right. two days from now. Then what do I do? Oahu's not a big place. Yeah. No, I agree. That's unfortunate. I'm not. I'm not blaming that person or that that witness. You know, but crazy. I think when you just you hear Hawaii and you have you know paradise is what you picture in the back of your mind. You don't really think about things like this in Hawaii. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why we were all drawn to this story because we saw yeah. Honolulu Strangler and we're like, what does this mean? Yes, sir. Okay. Any final thoughts on this story, Ian? You got anything else for the Honolulu Strangler? It was interesting to do something that I guess, well, when I went into it initially, when I, when I first, when we picked it off the list and I just like kind of read one paragraph on it, I'm like, oh, this will be fun to do an unsolved serial killing. You know, this will be interesting. Um, and it was even more interesting to find when I got into it more that it's not as unsolved as I thought it initially thought it was, you know, I am <laughs> this one's pretty, pretty sure. Solved. Pretty yeah, close. I'm pretty sure this guy, Howard Dutcher, was the guy. I wish I could find some more information about, you know, where he lived after this and, you know, before he ended up moving back to Honolulu, where he was living in between, because that does not fit the profile of, of serial killers to kill five people in a year and a half and then just stop, right? you know, or just not communicate with people again. Like BTK stopped. But he still communicated with with the media because they need that attention. Obviously, this guy needed attention or else he wouldn't have led police straight to the body. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'd be interested to see, like, where he lived and, you know, any other, you know, rapes or, or murders that happened in, in those areas or wherever he lived. This is a very interesting unsolved slash solved, like, mystery kind of. Yeah. Just because kind of based on what you said, like, you know, why did this guy stop? Where did he live? Also, we're pretty sure this is the guy. We don't know 100% for sure, but we're fairly certain. But it will go down in the, you know, the record books as an unsolved mystery because this guy's dead now. So, you know, if the case is still considered open, it's never going to close if it was actually him. And all the Unless some kind of new evidence pops up. I'm sorry, go ahead. What? And all the rape kits were were thrown away. Yeah, yeah. that's a big one. And and that's a that, I mean, and that was a real <laughs> big criticism in some of the cases regarding um, the Golden State Killer. Some of those cities uh, where he he attacked people had thrown away the rape kits out. You know, years later, and I don't know why that happens. It seems to be uh, one of the first things that gets thrown away in evidence lockers is the rape kits. The evidence is treated almost as poorly as rape victims in this country, so no surprise. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. Did the this guy worked as a mechanic at the uh, the air freight carriers? Do we think that the parachute cord ties 
back to that at all? Is there any way to tie that back there? That would make sense. One more. That he just had it in his truck or something. Yeah, one more level of circumstantial, mm. I guess. I don't know. Because I thought at the beginning it might tie back to some sort of military person, but, you know, air freight, possibly. Yeah, right. Well, Dave, what are your final thoughts on this one then? Or is that it? No, I, I think it lines up to the guy. I think it's pretty likely. A lot Man, of how fucking stupid. How stupid you have to be. Like, I mean, I'm glad this guy, well, I, he never got caught, but like, we know it's, we exposed him at least, but not we, but he was exposed. But like, you could have got away with this and then you're fucking going to the cops being like, oh, psychic told me, here's the body. Like, that's just, so, it's so dumb. Guys are cocky, man. They're like, yeah, I'm so smart. They'll never get me. Yeah. That's, that's a big, that's, you know, one of the ones we're obviously going to get to eventually, Israel Keys. That's well, that, why that did was you one... bring him up? Here go, <laughs> here go blowing up our mentions. That's one of his, that was his biggest downfall, was get, contacting, you know, the outside world. Uh, getting too cocky, I, I'm pretty certain that he would have never been caught if he wouldn't have contacted. But pretty much like some very similar to BTK. BTK wouldn't have been caught either, I don't think. Yeah. But these guys, like you said, Dave, they get they get cocky and they want that attention. That that's it. Or I don't know if it's just attention or if it's a mix of attention and the thrill of fucking around with law enforcement and stuff. Hey, if I send you a, a disc, you won't be able to trace it back to my church, will you? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Dennis Rader, I think, got caught in the stupidest way a serial killer it's, has ever been caught. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Like, you are the dumbest motherfucker. Like, why would he think that they would tell him the truth? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, there's no way for us to tell. They've only been looking for him for more than 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, before we wrap up, I have, uh, I have a little closeout question for you guys. Really? Yeah. We'll lighten the mood a little bit after all these uh, strangulations and killings and, you know, rapes and sure. not great stuff. What is, this is for both of you, your most watched movie? Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Mm. Gosh, that's a tough one. Dave, while you think I'll answer then, give you some time, because I, I obviously wrote the question. I had some time. Mine would either be my favorite movie of all time, Goodfellas, or Shawshank Redemption, which is still a fantastic movie. But that movie's also on TV all the time. And when it's on, I can't turn it off. So Goodfellas or Shawshank? I'm going to go with... Uh, surprisingly, uh, I, surprisingly, I have not seen Ian's movie uh, one time, <laughs> Evil Dead. <laughs> That's a shame, especially the name of our fucking podcast. Yeah, uh, dude. So I've been told. Ridiculous. We'll do it for our first Patreon watch-along, maybe. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater style. I would be down for that. Um, I'm Dave's, gonna, Dave's I, really I don't really know. Here. I'm going to go with uh, Heat, one of my favorite movies, Heat, with Pacino Ooh. and De Niro. Yeah. Probably the best Good uh, movie. shootout scene, bank robbery shootout scene in, ever. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I did not expect that. Great flick. Yes, sir. Okay. Or Caddyshack, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Caddyshack also. All right. If a couple more questions now. I like we're, questions. We're yeah, what rolling. do you got, man? What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> got a couple more. If you got to pick the next topic we covered, ignoring what the fans might like, ignoring what would get downloads, just straight up whatever you want to talk about, what would you pick as our next topic? 
Like, what are you excited for the most? Um, Not all at once. Um, I would say this is just going to piss you off, Mike. Uh, Israel Keys. <laughs> <laughs> you and fucking fourteen thousand listeners. I just want to. I just want to. Uh, I fucking hate that guy. He is so obnoxious. Well, I believe, like we did last year, we're going to do a poll for our first topic of the new year. And I think he's going to be on it for 2021. So there's a little teaser. I don't. We, we're not. I don't think we've officially confirmed who the other what the other three topics will be. But uh, I, th- know, I think we've confirmed you, Casey Anthony will be on that list. Well, I mean, <laughs> if I had to pick my my next topic, I think it'd be Casey Anthony, just because I want to talk about that one so bad because we've teased it so much. We've been teasing that one for like a year and a half, <laughs> longer than Michael Jackson, I think, because she Casey beginning. Anthony. Was on last year's New Year New Year's uh, poll. That's true, and she- finished a very close second to John Bonet. Some would even say there was uh, election tampering. <laughs> she was on the the vote for the page the big Patreon one we did. It was either Jody Arias or that's true right. or Casey. And then all and- those fucks picked Jody Arias, and I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good show, I guess, but whatever. She ain't marriage material. <laughs> So Dave, uh, Ian and I have answered. At this point, I'm going to say the follow-up 411 episode. Nice. I love that story, and I, it fucking freaks me out, man, because I think there's really something there. What do you think a follow-up would entail? More missing persons? Well, what's the guy's name? David Politis? Yeah. There's there's a whole other movie about Hunter, specifically you know, 411 Missing Hunter edition. I've not watched that one yet, but there's... a a ton of more cases to discuss. Hmm. Yeah, I know he his website. He regularly updates the statistics and things like that. So I'm sure it's been what almost it's probably be like two years since we did that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there's some up. There's a lot of updated stats on things with that. Okay. So well, yeah, there it is. I like to do that follow up. Yeah. Potentially coming soon. All right. Last question. What's uh, your most dreaded topic that we might discuss? Something that you're just like, ugh, I don't want to get into that. Dave, I know for a while it was you with Michael Jackson, but then we finally did it. (laughs) Turned out okay. (laughs) Well, except for the social medias, but yeah, turned out great. Hey, at least we're not back to square one. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any topics that you are just like, ugh, I don't want to cover that, but we're probably going to at some point? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go first since I, I know I threw this one at you kind of randomly. Uh, for me, it was, and we get we got a bunch of requests for it. It was for the JFK assassination. And so I finally was like, well, maybe I'll dive into it. I'll start looking up some stuff and get some information. Cause I think Ian, you had said, if we're going to do that show that you're going to throw that, you're going to, you're going to hand that ball off to me. Yeah. Uh, or at least one. we'll, we'll tag team that one. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think we'll do it at some point. Maybe I've convinced myself maybe we'll do it. I'm just not sure it's as interesting as people think it will be, it's especially if we de- do a deep dive, because I feel like it's a, I think I've said this before, it's like a four-part series with like a two-part lifespan. Like if we're going to do it right, it's going to be long, but I think interest level is only going to be like two episodes worth, probably. That's just my opinion, mm. but we'll see. Mm. I don't know if I have a 
good answer here. I don't. We did the the Lauren Spire show. Was that last? You're not month? forced to answer, Dave. I well, Dave. I know specifically you don't like the like current missing persons ones. No, I don't. Right? I don't like want to do though. I don't really enjoy those. Yeah, and I think people in in general like those episodes, and those aren't your favorite. So that's what I would say. Any more of those, I would not look forward to. Says the guy who just wanted missing four one one. He doesn't <laughs> want any more missing persons episodes. Yeah, I think I'm with Dave on that. I felt, I don't know, something felt off about that episode. People liked it. It's you know highly downloaded. It's just it didn't. It felt out of our wheelhouse. It felt like yeah, it was different than what we typically do for sure because it was like a modern day unsolved case. Um, not a whole lot of information. What I like about those episodes is that it's, you know, it leaves room for like conversation and discussion, like Missing 411, like Dyatlov Pass, like, you know, John Benet Ramsey. Um, you know, some of the episodes that we get a lot of praise for are the episodes where we can have debates and conversation about what we might, uh, what we think might have happened. So in that sense, I liked that episode. I do agree it's, it's, it's really tough to talk about because it's very modern day. And, you know, you know, it's sad and it's it's horrible. But, you know, people like when I, I think people like when we can debate and talk about that kind of stuff. So and I and I enjoy that, too. I like when we can, uh, you know, kind of look through the evidence and give our own thoughts about things without having clear answers. You know what I will do? I'm going to take back my answer about Israel Keys being excited. Um, I would say Carla Homolka. I was oh, reading about yeah. Her. I was reading about her was like la- the end of last week. I don't even know why I was reading about her, but I was reading a bunch of stuff. I'm like, I really want to do this episode. This story is fucking insane. It really is. I know that story. I don't even know who that is. Well, you're gonna find out, pal. I guess so. <laughs> Might find out soon. Ian's gonna be like, nope. Demand and this one goes number one. Um, I like the creepy stuff. That's what I like talking about. Unexplained creepy shit. That's fun too. That's my favorite. I agree. Unexplained stuff in general, like when there's no definitive answer to things, I tend to like those better because we, you know, we can all give our opinion on it. And then some people agree with us. Some people don't disagree. It just makes for good conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like I said earlier, like the Dietlov Pass, like that's as creepy as it gets with not knowing what the fuck happened. And that's, you know, people still talk about that episode. We still talk about that episode. It's a good one. It's just a crazy story. All right, so let's jump into some Patreon shout-outs. We got uh, some new patrons this, this month. Thank you very much to Clayjack, Alec, BuffyBot25, Angie Savage, Spook Show, Charlie Knowles, Slug Mama, Matthew Rigsby, Maggie, Tiffany Chin, Jesse Martin, Jordan Angelus, Adele Leminger, Jillian Abbott, John Tickey, and Lori Marino. Thank you guys very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Ian, what do you got? Real quick before I get into the iTunes ones, Tuesday, November 24th, I am going to be doing a question and answer thing on our Reddit. Patron Garrett, a while back, made a subreddit for us. It's r slash Necronomapod. So I'm going to be doing that from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Hot damn. What di- What was the day to get that again? Uh, Tuesday, November 24th. Tuesday, so. November 24th from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. 
Yep. On Reddit. So that's what did you say? R slash Necronomapod? Yeah. So if you're not on there, go. Or if you have a Reddit account, didn't know about that subreddit, go subscribe. And yeah, I'll be on there and for a AMA, while. AMA means ask me anything. So they can ask anything they want. Yep. I might have oh to boy. jump in there too. <laughs> ask me some good questions. <laughs> do you or do you not prefer quarter inch butt plugs? If not, <laughs> what inch butt plugs do you prefer? <laughs> Anyways. All right. You got anything else, Ian? Uh, for iTunes, I have shout outs for Indy21, WJC65, Kino General, Kid in Action, Des Jarlie, Reddit user 69420, and one for Runny Bald. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Awesome. Dave, what do you got for us? I got uh, nothing in the bad review corner tonight. Nothing. Nothing to speak of. Nothing tonight? Nothing tonight. All right. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod. Uh, we are on Reddit. Ian, you might have to help me with this one again. You said r slash Necronomapod. Yeah, reddit.com slash r slash Necronomapod. Okay. And again, Ian will be on this Tuesday, the 24th, from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern time uh, for an Ask Me Anything AMA. So log on there if you want to chat with Ian on our Reddit page. We have uh, koozies and stickers available at necronomapod.com and all of our t-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, sweatshirts, all that fun stuff available at amazon.com. Search necronomapod. Uh, If you are overseas or outside the United States, please bear with us. Amazon has limitations due to the current pandemic, uh, but... Uh, hopefully once that is resolved or once the pandemic settles, they will be shipping again to all parts of the world. So, um, yeah, I think that about covers it. Thank you guys very much and uh, appreciate you listening. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. Cheers.